Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's the small biz lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Hi, this is Melinda Emerson, the small biz lady. And welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast. Today on my diary podcast, I'm going to be talking to you about how to build a business that can run without you. Now, I don't know about you guys, but this is the ultimate dream of every small business owner. At least it should be. You want to build a business that's not dependent on you. It's really the ultimate way to run a business. You want to reap the rewards of your sacrifice of starting a business but you do not want for your business to be, you know, solely entirely operated by you. That's the best way to burn yourself out. You know, if you are successful at building a business that runs without you, you can choose what projects you do want to do. You can vacation whenever you want and a lot more. You can also you know, when you think about one day being able to retire, that might involve you selling your business. And listen, if you want to sell a business, a business that is independent of the owner is a lot more valuable than one that is owner driven. So when you think about how can I, how could I ever, you know, set up, set up my business in a way that it runs without me? Well, I'm going to tell you because this is something that I actually learned the hard way. My first company was a video production company. And basically, I didn't know it at the time, but I built a business that that really became like a complete cult of my own personality. I was the number one rainmaker. I was the number one producer. I, you know, wrote a lot of the scripts. I certainly edited all of them. You know, there was nothing in my business that didn't somehow touch my hand. And that ultimately, end of the day, doesn't really work. And how I found out that it doesn't work is because when I was 32 in 2005, I got pregnant with my son and I ended up with a high-risk pregnancy, bed rest for six months. They thought my child had a heart condition. I was up at the hospital at least once or twice a week getting testing done. It was like, you know, kind of a full-on nightmare. And what happened to me, my husband and I both worked in the business at the time and he basically had to take over the whole business and do everything I was doing and everything he was doing. And that was a lot. And, and you can imagine he wasn't really prepared to do that. And I also didn't have the right staffing in place to support him in running the business. And, and what do I mean by that? Well, I had a bunch of doers around me. Like everybody would do anything I asked them to do to do, but not very many people proactively did anything. So when I wasn't there, you have to realize 2005 was like before, it was like right before Wi-Fi was everywhere in, in everyone's homes and you could just have your laptop and work from every, anywhere. That's what not what it was like in 2005, 2006. It was almost like, I kind of feel like it was late 2006, early 2007 was when Wi-Fi became something that was in everyone's home. And so when I got put on Better S for six months, I was just at home. I basically had a Palm 3 cell phone trying to run my whole life. And if you guys can imagine, it didn't run so well. It was really, really difficult. And, but 
it taught me about all of these lessons that I'm going to share with you all today because it is really, really important for you to think about how you're creating the processes and systems in your business right now. You really do need to think about what you want your business to be when your business grows up and what kind of business owner you want to be. So if you want to one day run a business that doesn't 100% depend on you, let's talk about how to do that. Number one, I would create an ownership culture. So there's a lot of different ways to do this. Certainly you could, you know, give everybody in the business shares of the company. But if you don't really want to do that, you also could set up a profit sharing account, you know, so that everyone gets invested in the business being successful. So if the business has a good year, everybody wins. If the business has a bad year, nobody gets a bonus. I mean, and that way you get people to care more about their work. You get people to be more mindful of budgets and cost overruns and rework that is costly and can't be built. I mean, that's how you really get everyone's attention. So creating an ownership culture is the first thing you want to do. The second thing is you want to really figure out how you can be transparent and you really want to be transparent about the numbers, but even just about the challenges and problems in the business. Don't be one of these business owners that hides in your office and, and trying to figure out all the answers by yourself. Engage your team, engage your employees in trying to fix the problem. That gets everyone more invested. And, and let's talk about being transparent about the numbers. So do you need to share your financial statements every month with your whole entire company? No, but do you need to have weekly sales goals, monthly sales goals? Do you need to talk about those goals all the time? Do you need people to know whether we hit them or whether we didn't? Yes, you need people to understand how their non-performance affects the bottom line and go all the way back to affects their profit sharing account. You know, you want to be able to make certain investments in everyone's profit sharing account, which will be set up, you know, for their retirement. But if people don't deliver, People aren't going to get the money and you always kind of want to trace it back to the results. Like we're a team, we're working towards a goal. These are the goals and talking about the sales numbers and talking about tightening expenses are always things that can keep people motivated and engaged. The third thing you want to think about is you try to, you know, develop a business that is autonomous of you is really focusing on removing yourself from operations. So you want to figure out how to deliver your products and services without you. And that means hiring people that you take the time to personally train. That also means, you know, maybe outsourcing parts of your products, uh, you know, and services development. And you also want to make sure if you're going to do that, that you really carefully vet your outsourcing partner. You want to make sure that you have mutual non-disclosure and non-compete agreements with any outsource partner. You might even want to have that with your employees as well in their contracts and your employment agreements. But you do want to make sure that, you know, you're not going to look up from your vacation and realize somebody ran off and created a business just like yours that you train. So you do want to protect yourself in that way. But you want to teach your employees how to deliver that service, how to call on that customer, how to package that product for mail. You want to make sure that they know your signature systems and that you can 
help them. And it, and look, and it might take six months, it might take a year for you to really feel completely comfortable training one of your employees to do work you used to do. I can remember early on in my video production company, I was scared to death to let someone else write a script other than me. And I remember the first time I did it, and it was a great script. And I was like thinking to myself afterwards, why in the world did I wait that long to bring in help, to bring in other producers other than me to do our work? And we got so much more work done so much faster. You know, we have to resist the urge of thinking that nobody can do it as good as me or nobody can do it like me. Yes, they can. They might even be able to do it better, especially if you take the time to teach them. So you want to make sure that you're thinking about who you can bring in to be your mini me, you know? So think about that. And then definitely look for outsourcing partners because they might be more cost effective than an employee to deliver the service. The next thing you want to think about, and this would probably be, I guess, like number four, fire yourself as the number one salesperson in your business. Now, I know you're probably thinking to yourself, what did she just say? Listen, if you're the number one rainmaker in your business, you're always going to be tied to that business. You want to develop a sales process that can be led by your number one salesperson or your sales team. And by you being the top rainmaker, you're always going to be tethered to the business. The customers are always going to call and feel like they can only talk to you. So if you empower and engage and train other people to sell for you, that's going to make a huge difference because I see that's the thing that's hardest to let go. It's not necessarily the operation stuff, but it's the relationship with the customers, it's cultivating the customers. The sales piece is really hard for small business owners to let go. And listen to me carefully, you got to let it go. You just do. If you ever want to, you know, just sit back and count your money. <laughs> if you don't get out of how the money gets made, if you don't get out of the rainmaking business, you're never going to get un unattached to this business. My new book, Fix Your Business, is really about encouraging people to take back control of their business and change how their businesses is run. It's not okay to skip paychecks. It's not okay to never feel like you can take a vacation. And it's also not okay to not know how much profit you've made in your business until your taxes are done. I really want business owners to stop letting their businesses be runaway trains. I've written this book to teach people processes and systems to help them run their businesses intentionally. My goal is to help existing entrepreneurs create a business that allows them to live their dream life. But the other thing you've got to do before you do any of this stuff is you've got to develop written processes and systems and an employee manual. You have to develop the structure for all of the repetitive tasks in your company and set up a training schedule to make sure that everyone knows what to do and that they're keeping up the quality. Because the number one thing that I'm sure you're afraid of as you think about extricating yourself from your business is I still need to mind the business. Well, the best way to do that is to set up regular you know, quality checks, set up training on a regular basis. People should be trained quarterly. People shouldn't get just get trained as soon as they hire, you get hired, and then you never train them or talk to them about their job again. And, and it all starts with you. You cannot walk around with how your business operates in your head. 
you've got to write it down. You've got to write down your written processes and systems. You've got to have standard, you know, answers to questions, you know, SOPs, FAQs, all that stuff. And that stuff goes in an employee manual so that everybody knows what to do. You've got to get out of, you know, being the referee for people's disagreements and stuff like that. You don't want to do that. You want to have everybody know what has to happen. And I would cross train employees too. I wouldn't just train people on one job, might train people on two or three jobs so that people can jump in when somebody's out sick or if someone has an emergency, has to go out on FLMA, you know, family medical leave. You, you want to make sure that other people know what to do so that they can step up. And it's really, really important. So training, you know, developing your written processes, doing ongoing training. And that's something that we as small business owners, we're terrible at. We hire people, we throw them the keys, we say, good luck. (laughs) That's not going to work. If you want to be an absentee, you know, business owner, you got to make sure that your team is extremely well-trained. The next thing I would say, number six, hire smart people and let them do their job. You don't want to be you know, micromanaging people, you want to hire smart people and then empower them to make decisions and then stand back and let them make the decisions. Sometimes I think, you know, we, we want to hire help, but then we're scared to let anybody else make a decision other than us. That doesn't really work. If you want to build a business that can run without you, you have to hire folks that are smart and you have to empower them to make decisions. Even if it's not the decision you would have made, you can't, you know, armchair quarterback or, you know, you can't backseat drive your team. You have to let them make their own mistakes and learn. Obviously, you don't want somebody to run the ship aground, right? But you do want to be able to empower people to make decisions and not feel like you're breathing down their neck or always looking over their shoulder. You want to mentor people in private when you're trying to groom them to take over the company. You know, some mentorship is in public. You want to highlight people's good work at staff meetings and things like that. But if people made a mistake, you know, stomping down the hallway screaming at people is not a way to communicate it. You want to take them out to lunch. You want to have a conversation and ask them about their thought process and offer how you might have done it differently or just ask them about their thought process and keep it moving. Maybe they don't need to know how you would have handled it unless it's like they lost the number one customer of your company. That's different, you know, but if it's something that is fixable and it didn't, you know, it just took the side view mirror off, it didn't wreck the whole car, you know, you need to, you need to know that those things are going to happen. And once you put your, your team in place, You need to take a mini vacation to test your team. And this is going to be really important. You need to take a vacation and not be available and not be taking phone calls. You need to find out, I mean, go on a little four-day cruise or something where you can and be out of touch and see what happens. You have to take the training wheels off. You have to test your team. You know, as long as you're standing there, to answer all the questions, they will let you. So you need to disappear, and I mean really disappear, like a laptop-free vacation. Obviously, you're still going to have your cell phone, but you don't have to answer your phone. You can actually turn it off. And then I also think you want to delegate 
your role. Eventually, you need to turn over the president's job to somebody else. And this might be tough. I mean, but you want to categorize and delegate what you do to your team so that you really can empower them fully. And it might mean you give up your office to like really make it clear to everybody that you're no longer running the ship, that you have turned it over to someone else. You just really want to, you know, delegate your tasks because they, they probably would do more if they felt like they could, but if they still see your hands and stuff, they're not going to step up there because no one wants to hurt your feelings, step on your toes, anything like that. So you definitely, you know, you want to empower your team and the best way to do it is to delegate your specific job to them and have them know and let someone else sit in the president's office so that they know you're not the president anymore. And then the, I think the next thing you want to think about is just figuring out how you can get rid of anything that really ties you to the company. Certainly you want to check in. You want to make sure that you and the accountant and CFO are kind of talking so that you know, you know, how the money's rolling in the business. You will obviously want to make sure that they're not stealing you blind, but you do not want to be, you know, hovering, standing around, answering, answering questions all the time. You want to allow them to pick up the mantle and run. And I'm not saying that you're going to be able to work your way out of your business in three months, six months. I mean, it might be a three-year plan that you have to do this, but it is doable. And at the end of the day, I think the thing that you got to figure out is, You've got to realize that a setback or failure for your new team is okay. As long as you, you have to let them make mistakes so they can learn and they can trust their own opinion and stop looking to you for all the answers. As long as you come to the office every day and answer everybody's question, they're going to let you. And you just have to be a little bit more scarce so that they have to figure it out. And you want to hear what happened versus be involved in the key decision making. So I think that as you think about how to create a business that you can that can run without you, it's really about these sort of like 10 things we talked about, really, you know, creating that ownership culture, being transparent, focusing on removing yourself from operations first, and then removing yourself from the sales organization. Then it's about developing your written processes and systems. And absolutely, you need an employee manual, but you also need a training schedule. I wouldn't just not train people. People need to be trained ongoing because you want to make sure that there's not a difference in the quality of your product or service when you move on. The next thing you want to think about is who are you hiring? Are you hiring smart people? Are you empowering them to do their job? Or are you still micromanaging, standing in the way? Go on a mini vacation to test them. Delegate your specific role. Move out of the president's office. Let somebody else have that office. And just, you know, do your best to not stand around and answer everybody's questions. And just know that them making a mistake, losing a big customer, having a failure, is okay. That's how people learn. As you all know, my favorite saying in business is you never lose in business. Either you win or you learn. So with that, I am the Melinda Emerson. I am the small biz lady. And your action point for the week is this. A business that is independent of its owner is more valuable than ones that are owner driven. And also want to 
at this point. There's a great book that was written a few years ago by a guy by the name of John Rorillo, and he wrote this book called Built to Sell. It is a great book if you think that one day you want to sell your business and actually retire. Grab that book and listen to this podcast and please share it and recommend it to others. I'm Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, and I am over and out. Thank you for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Melinda Emerson. For more resources and small business success strategies, visit succeedasyourownboss.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday.